Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, underviewed podcast of all time. Welcome to, I said welcome to, wait, hold on, you're supposed to say it along with me. I know y'all know the words at this point. I said welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. This is your host, the most charismatic man in entertainment. And I'm looking forward to this next guest, Jeremy Bryant. Really great guy, really chill guy. Um, you know, amazing guest, and he's also a podcaster too. So let me give you a little background on Jeremy. So, you know, you know what to expect with this conversation. So Jeremy Bryant, uh, 33 years old, stepfather to originally from New York. Uh, I'm from New York city, so we don't really claim him per se. He's from the state, so he don't count. <laughs> I'm just kidding. A uh, really great guy. He also hosts his own podcast called the bracket bastards. So I will agree with the title. He is a bastard. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's a great guy, a great podcast. Uh, they basically break down uh, brackets and tournaments of TV shows, movies, video games, and stuff in that nature. So if you love that kind of stuff, entertainment, uh, definitely check out his podcast. And let me tell you something. Breaking news. I'm breaking the news. That's right. I'm doing it right now. So he's also in the works of making a new podcast dealing with the paranormal activity. So people involved with that, people who love conversations with that and maybe interested in sharing the experience with paranormal activity, uh, definitely check out his new podcast details to come soon. So definitely give him a follow. Definitely check out his podcast and definitely look out for his new one. And, you know, we're going to have a great conversation. We talked about Will Smith, the Oscar slap. Uh, we talked about wrestling. And that's right. If you like Stone Cold, give me a hell yeah and drink some beer. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode because I know I did. And if that's the bottom line, because the most charismatic men in entertainment said so. So let's get started in three, two, one. And we, like I said, I know you just uh, went through uh, uh, a successful surgery. So I, I'm not sure. Um, we was talking about this a little bit before. So uh, how how did it go? How you how you feeling? Is everything good with you? Yeah, I just went through a gastric sleeve bypass surgery, and I'm doing good. I mean, it's sore. Got six or seven cuts on my stomach from where they literally inserted the tools and cut a piece of my stomach out and pulled it out. Ooh. And then they suture it all back together in like a sleeve and like a sleeve type thing, so that your stomach basically just drains right into your intestines as fast as could be. Ah, oh, what, what what is that? Is that um, is that uh like for like weight loss or something or? Yeah, it's a it's a weight it's a weight loss type of surgery to help people who just can't lose weight on their own. Like I've been trying my whole life to lose weight, and I'm I'm lazy to begin with, and I'm a stoner, so I mean <laughs> the odds are against me to begin with, and I just. I never could lose enough to really keep, keep it off. So this hopefully will be a good way to live longer. Oh man. I, I'm glad it went well. I, Cause I'm sure you, 
your wife and your kids are, you know, happy that everything went well. You're back home, you know, resting and enjoying a couple of days off, which I, I'm sure everybody loves at some point. But uh, yeah, I'm, two, week, I'm, two weeks off, brother, two weeks off. Oof. And Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga comes out tomorrow. I am psyched. <laughs> he got two weeks to enjoy yourself. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But yes, I do. Let, let's get into it. So, you know, um, I know I said I'm going to ask you about the Will Smith thing, but I'm going to wait a little later. I, w- I want to give you the chance to, you know, talk about yourself a little bit. Um, so, you know, like you said, you grew up in uh, Kingston, New York and stuff like that. How, how, how was your childhood and, you know, how did you ev- eventually end up uh, getting into podcasting? You know, because I'm sure a lot of people always, uh, people always ask me specifically, how do you start a podcast? How do you get involved? Uh, so how, you know, how did, you know, you grow up and how did you get into podcasting? Well, I grew up with a basic white male suburban life. I mean, life was, childhood was pretty easy. I grew up in a basic middle-class family. I mean, at our little group of friends in our suburbs, we were allowed to basically ride around our bikes and do whatever we wanted pretty much most of the day once we got to a certain age. And we just had to be home by dinner, basically, like the typical stuff you see in memes on Facebook. But, <laughs> but I mean, basically, I just, all through life, I never could figure out what I wanted to do. Spent seven years in college, wasted thousands of dollars in loans, and n- none of it ever came out to anything. I mean, yes, I I graduated with a couple of associates in business, which taught me marketing, which definitely helps with podcasting. But other than that, I mean, it just didn't do shit. So now I work for, as a retail merchandiser for an actual paying job at the moment. And I love my work. So I have free time at nights and I have flexible schedule. So, and a group I'm on on Facebook called Bracketology where it's basically just, you can vote for between movies, between TV shows, between actors and actresses, whatever. And the, the head of it, Freddie Fisher, wanted to start a podcast and he put a post out about it. So I replied and I'm like, hey, I, I'm very personable. I've always been told I'm funny and I say outrageous things. I'd love to be on a podcast. So eventually it just ended up happening. A couple months later, we started recording and we just found out that we all click really well and we do good. Oh man, that that's a, that's amazing, incredible. So, um, because I, as I said, like you do brackets and tournaments, and you know, you talk about amongst other things. But you know, for me and for other people who may not be too familiar, because I do follow sports mostly UFC. Uh, so brackets is that just um, uh, are you talking about like basketball uh and stuff like that or? No, not at all. Actually, um, we typically do. We none of us are huge sports fans like oh actually well that's not true uh a bunch of them are sports fans for stuff such as like football and whatnot and there a lot of them are a lot of my co-hosts are huge wrestling fans they were blowing up our chat over the last two nights because of wrestlemania oh yeah i was watching oh yeah i haven't been into wrestling since like 2000 i watched wrestling from like not from like where rumble 2000 was the first wrestling i ever really watched and then i watched until like 2005 six when when and then i kind of dropped off until college when i got back into it from like 2011 to like until uh shield came and that's that's the kind when shield came along i was like oh fuck this these guys are idiots i'm done (laughs) and and plus that was a time when they were adding a third show a week on and i'm just like i don't have six hours a week to dedicate to this i can't it just no (laughs) so (laughs) but mainly the brackets we do are like 
we've done Disney films. We've done, we did a Will Smith bracket actually, because one of my co-hosts, Harvey Laguerre, hates Will Smith. Like he, he had, he just doesn't like Will Smith with a passion. So like, really, it's, it's interesting. He just doesn't like Will Smith. He just can't. And he's actually an African-American too. So it's even more ironic. He doesn't like Will Smith, but wow. But I mean, yeah, we, we give him a lot of shit for it, but so I got to pick the bracket one week because I won our trivia at the end of the previous show. And so I talked to the host separately and I'm like, we're doing a Will Smith bracket just for Harvey, just to piss him off and to get, <laughs> so, so he can get all, so he can get all his grievances out against Will Smith in every movie he did. And it's actually a, it's a hilarious episode. If anybody ever wants to check it out or just check out all our episodes. I mean, we're hilarious. I just hosted two, two, a two-parter video game pre-2000s bracket. And it was interesting how it ended up i don't want to give away spoilers but the final match between the two winners of each week might make a lot of people mad yeah man i I was gonna wait to do it but you know what since uh you know uh you mentioned will smith let's do it because i know a lot of people was probably waiting for me to talk about it but i never you know i never did it so let's talk about will smith um now let me ask did your buddy hate Will Smith before the Oscar slap? Oh, oh yeah, we did the Will Smith bracket like months ago. Like, like he's he's basically like when we were when we were doing our superhero movie bracket, which is one of the first brackets we did, was a comic book movies bracket, and Hancock came up, and uh, that's when he made the mistake of telling us he does not like Will Smith. Like he does, he thinks he's an overrated actor and all this, and like that he's a that he can't really rap, which I disagree with, but a lot of people agree with that. I know. But I mean, so basically, he hated him before the slap thing. This slap thing was just like gravy on his potatoes. <laughs> he as soon as it ha- as soon as it as soon as it all came out, he basically told us all. He's like, "See, I warned you all about him for a long time now." <laughs> wow, I, I I can't believe it. A black man that hates Will Smith. Oh my! I know it. It make, it makes our podcast all the better because that dynamic. <laughs> wow, I can't believe he hated him, but. You know what? Let, let's let's talk about the Oscar slap, the slap that was heard around the world. That everybody's heard about it. Everybody in the grandmother has chomped in on it. But let's talk about this. So, as we both talked about off camera, nobody knew the Oscars was on TV. It's been the ratings has been terrible. I think in the last five years, give or take. And you know, Will Smith, you know, he made it popular again, at least for the time being that he, you know committed the, the, the act of violence that he did. But I want to get your opinion on it. Um, what do you think uh, uh, about the situation? And do you think people are blown out of proportion and that people are uh, treating him unfairly over this incident? I I mean, well, to me, there's, there's two different ways to look at this. One, was it real or was it all staged? Was it like wrestling where they talked backstage beforehand and been like, He's going to insult your wife and you're going to go up and smack him just to get ratings. Like, I don't necessarily think it was planned and staged, but who knows in this day and age, like Illuminati, like who knows like what the hell they're doing. But overall, I just think, I mean, yes, you don't talk about a man's wife, like, especially when like, yes, I didn't know. she. I didn't know if she really has it, if she has alpatia or however it's pronounced. Like, I didn't know she had it. I never heard about that. But I mean, it's just, and she's done so much wrong to him in the past few years. Like, oh yeah, the whole 
telling him she's having an affair on live TV and everything thing. Like, like I personally, I'm just like, why are you still, why are you still with her? Like if a woman did that stuff to me, I'd be gone. I mean, yeah, it's a celebrity couple. So, you know, it's a different dynamic than normal couples, but still, I mean, it's just everything she's done to him. And then like that look she gave him, like when he said, when Chris Rock said that, and he just walked. I mean, I think it's kind of hilarious the whole thing when he just walks up on stage and slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> and just the fact that he goes back to his seat all calmly is just like, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Like, <laughs> I respect that part. I respect like, but you could have just yelled that from the audience. You didn't really need to get up there and make a physical display of it. Because as, uh, who was it? I, it was a famous athlete. Oh, um, God damn it. Not Magic Johnson, but um, uh, oh, I, you know, I know I'm I'm, I could see his face too, but I just can't. I think he was a boxer. I think he was a boxer or a basketball player. He's one of the two, but I forget who it is. In this, I don't know how much just clicked, but but he said like, this just makes the African American race. It brings all the stereotypes they already have against them, and it just multiplies them and gives people more to talk about. Like, you don't need to do that in live TV. Like, if you really have a problem with it, address it after the show with him in person and just say, hey, that wasn't cool. Like, you need to apologize to my wife for that joke. Right. Like, you don't need to bring that in national TV because now you're kind of a joke to the world because you've had more memes made about you than anything since Trump was president. Right. So it's like, I mean... But I mean, yeah, some of these memes are freaking hilarious. I will agree with that. <laughs> oh, I posted, I posted a couple on Instagram. I, I've been having fun with it. And uh, oh, I, I threw on, I threw up on Twitter uh, the video for I could beat Mike Tyson, and I said they should change it to uh, Chris Rock. <laughs> make a, make a, re, make a, he should, he should go in the studio and make a remix for the first time in years. <laughs> there's a, I know there's one meme uh, where Will Smith slapping him, Mr. Aftermath, where. Chris Rock face is uh kind of uh turned sideways and Will Smith head flat and it's like uh someone wrote a caption I just now I know why paper beats rock it, it's it's <laughs> that and uh the everybody hates Chris meme that go, is it, I've seen that one yeah <laughs> but I mean yeah I like the whole like the, the whole changing of the Fresh Prince theme song which it's just it's hilarious like. <laughs> mama People... told me you can't slap chris rock just because your wife has no hair <laughs> like it's just it's it's uh i mean the whole thing it was fun for a day or two but i mean as soon as it, the next day after it happened we're out there on twitter and stuff like putting back out our will smith episode and like hashtagging it like will smith chris rock and everything just because we're going to use the publicity from this to try to get our view our uh, listeners up a little bit more but i mean who who wouldn't but, oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it got so bad that people who wasn't involved, like some other celebrities, Amy Schroomer and uh, Jim Carrey and a bunch of other celebrities that wasn't even involved in this incident or, oh, you know, I'm traumatized or, oh, you know, I feel unsafe and unprotected. It's just, first of all, you had nothing to do with the circumstances. And mm-hmm. two, um, you know, it, here's, my, here's my thing. You mentioned it before, you know. Don't talk about another person's wife. And I've told people this before. Um, it's like this. It's not the first time Chris Rock has chimed in on their marriage. I think uh, he did uh, the Academy Awards or some award show last year 
or the year before. And he mentioned the the couple uh, again. And did Chris Rock deserve to get slapped? No, because I'm sure he didn't know about Jada's condition. But you don't get to talk about somebody's marriage, especially I get it. You comedian. I love Franchi jokes. I love brutal jokes. But one thing I would never do is talk about somebody's marriage and relationship or somebody's partner, uh, especially when they've been together for many years and you constantly make fun of them. And I feel bad for Will because, like you said, people has been making fun of this man, the crying meme when he was on the red table talk with his wife. And oh, God, yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I, I'm not one to talk about their marriage because I don't know what's going on in there. Although a lot of uh, celebrities have said they're into open marriage. I'm not sure. But I do think to some level he has been uh, emasculated by Jada through her red table talk having him come up on on the red table talk talking about her entanglement with uh, august and we'll talk about that because a lot of people have some interesting takes about that too but it's like you can't keep talking about somebody's wife and keep making them the butt of a joke and i see people make uh, comments like oh well you know jada has been saying this about will well the difference is they're married you know, she can do that because yeah. that's her husband, you know, behind, that's her marriage. behind closed doors. You can say whatever you want about your partner. I mean, you, you may get slapped yourself or you may end up sleeping on the couch, but you can say whatever the hell you want about your partner behind closed doors. But you don't go, you don't go to, you don't go to a public like school thing and start bad mouthing your partner to other people. Like, or like a, or like you don't go to a wedding and start talking about your partner to other people at the wedding. Like if you do, it's just going to have bad consequences and everybody knows that. Like anybody with common sense can see that. Right. And, you know, my thing, um, it's not even the, it's not even the incident that bothers me. It's the aftermath of the incident. You know, I see Washington Post and a bunch of other big media platforms calling Will Smith a thug. Uh, he has thuggish ways. Uh, somebody even mentioned is like uh, he still has the hood mentality. And I'm like, you know. Uh, I, I look at it from two perspectives. One, you have a guy, a black man who came from the projects where I grew up from too, but he grew up from grew up in the projects and he made a, a life for himself, a career for himself. And he's had an unblemished record for 30 years in the entertainment industry. Upstanding guy, upstanding movies. You know, whether you like him or not, that, that's your prerogative. But you never heard of him, you know, touching little kids, raping women, committing crimes, and none of this stuff. This guy has been unblemished. And, you know, one little incident, now people call him a thug, and they treat him like scum. But then you got people like Harvey Weinstein, who's been sexually assaulting women for, you know, decades, and, you know, other people in in the industry who's gotten away with uh, committing uh, sexual acts against, you know, kids and women. And I haven't seen nobody calling to have their awards taken away. I haven't seen them blacklisted. And yeah, there's been instances of a few of them, but there's still a lot of them still working in Hollywood who still gets awards, who still work on these big productions. And, you know, Will Smith gets, is getting treated like this. It's it's just it's just unreal. And it's just it's kind of appalling. Like, you know, do, do oh, you think- I agree. I mean, it's 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 the he's one of the only rappers that can literally say, oh, I cursed once in all my music ever put out. Like, and you want to call him thuggish? Like, there literally are 
other rappers with thug in their name. I mean, hell, Bone Thugs and Harmony shout out, but <laughs> but I mean, it's just like it's he's he's always been one of those people who's just like the most family friendly person you could do you can be. Like everything he does is just family friendly. He doesn't he doesn't even make dirty jokes in his movies most of the time, unless it's like that type of movie. But I mean, he doesn't like the, like he threw a lot less dirty jokes into Aladdin than Ron Williams did, for God's sake. You know, someone made up my, my buddy made this comment and I agree with him uh, from Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire series. I remember uh, Green Goblin. I'm, I'm forgetting the actor's name. It'll come. William Defoe. William Defoe. Uh, I remember this one line he said, and I think it was uh, Spider-Man 1. He said, you know, no matter how much good you do in this world, eventually people will hate you. And, I, you know, it's it's sad to see a guy who, like I said, who's been an upstanding uh, entertainer for so many years, you know, lose his cool for one moment. A- again, this is not an armed robbery. This, he didn't pull out a gun. He didn't put him in a hospital. He didn't, you know take him away from his, his family and children. No. You know, he slapped him. Okay. Was that wrong? All right. Yeah. But people were treating him like this violent criminal, like, like he's been hiding uh, in Hollywood for so many years. And like I said, you've never heard him abusing Jada uh, Pinkett Smith. You never heard him beating his kids, uh, hurting people, hurting innocent little kids. And people are treating this man like, uh, like, the, the nearest criminal in Rikers Island it, it, it's, it's appalling to me and like I said all these comedians and people chiming in and talking about oh they, they feel unsafe about doing comedy shows it's like first of all this wasn't a comedy show this was an award show and at some point we all lose our cool and I think people are hypocrites I always say this all the time people are hypocrites you know people always like to poke fun and oh look at him he did this but how many people have slashed their ex-boyfriend's tires because he cheated on them or vice versa or someone uh, beat up their little brother or, you know, their sister or whatever the case may be, slapped their best friend over argument. It's people are just it's being hypocritical and they treating him uh, like a violent, you know, gangbanger criminal who's yeah. been in and out of prison for like 50 years. Uh, I mean, I, it- they they're acting like he's Mel Gibson, like coming out Nazi, like 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 it's it's almost as bad as that, and it's almost to the point where it's worse than that. And I'm like, Mel Gibson did a lot worse stuff. He said a lot worse things. Like he like you're making everybody's blown this out of proportion just because it's the day and age where the internet's going to do that. And I mean, the internet is as much as I love the internet and what it's brought to this world, it literally is destroying this world slowly on its own. It's, it's cancel culture, and I, I, you know, I did a whole podcast episode, and that cancel culture, you, you've seen it from, you know, um, the dude from The Flash, rightfully so, because he made some real uh, derogatory comments about uh, LGBT and, and minorities, but you've seen it with Joe Rogan, now Will Smith, it's just, when people catch one of you doing anything wrong, it's like this lynch mentality, and like I said, it's one incident. Uh, this wasn't the most violent thing. It was a slap. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't put him in the hospital. So yeah, okay. If you want to say, all right, you know, well, there's gonna be a couple disciplinary actions for your behavior. Understandable. But now you got, you know, movies he's been working on. Uh, deciding they want to put a hold on it. He had to uh, resign from the Academy Awards uh, membership. 
So he won't be eligible to win awards again. Um, uh, like the, uh, it's just, it's just crazy, man. And I, I hate to bring race into this, but you know, a lot of people have made this point. It's like, you see all these white celebrity actors or entertainers who's done way worse. Like I said, uh, saying racist comments, sexual, uh, um, touching going on in the workplace yep. and they, they get away scot-free. And then, you know, you get a, you know, get a black man who's been upstanding and, you know, just trying to defend his wife. And, you know, he gets, you know, tossed to the side, like a piece of meat. It, it, it's crazy, man. It, it really goes to show to you. Nobody is safe. No matter how much good you do one mistake in the public eye. You're, I mean, your reputation's over. It's, I mean, it's, it's almost like, I, I, ironic in a way because I mean look at Whoopi Goldberg she just made a comment like basically saying like oh the holocaust wasn't that bad like a couple months ago and all that happened to her is oh you're off the view for a couple weeks okay that's a punishment like that's a that's a vacation that's all that is like she got nothing all she had to do is apologize is offer a weak apology and she got off like and it's because it's it's because who she is, obviously. I mean, she's Whoopi Goldberg. She has a lot of connections, but I mean, it's just and then Will, they're just basically crucifying him almost. And the funny thing is, I watched King Richard literally three or two or three days before this before the Oscars. I watched King Richard just because I've been wanting to see it, and I turned on Hulu and it was there. And I, it is one of the best movies I've seen in the last year or two. It's one of the best movies I've seen, and I'm not even a tennis fan by far. But it's one of the best movies I've seen in the last few years. Now, let me ask you, um, speaking of that, because he did win an award for that movie. And um, a lot of people are saying that he has to, um, he he should give that award back. The the Academy, uh, the Oscar uh, producers, the people who run the show should take the award back from him. Um, do you think that's deserved? Do you think he has to give that award back? Oh God, no! I mean, shit. Go to freaking what's his name? The the Harvey. Go to Harvey Weinstein. Take back all the freaking awards that his company has won. Like I agree with that because he was totally inappropriate for decades and got away with it. I mean, but that movie was amazing, and I didn't even know the backstory of the Williams sisters before. I mean, I watched Tennis as a kid because my mom was into it, but like I never knew their backstory like that. And the fact that their father was like that protective and that behind them the whole way like telling them like you can do this you can do this like you got this like it's just amazing and just just the acting he put into that movie like it just it, it's incredible like i told harvey i'm like you need to watch king richard it may actually change your view on will smith a little bit yeah i don't know if he actually has done it yet but he's a busy man he has... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I feel bad for this man. It's, it really, it truly, it's just like nobody's safe in this world no more. It, no matter how much you give back to your community, you help people give back. You know, one little incident could, could ruin all the hard work you've, you've tried to achieve over years and years and years of blood, sweat, and tears. Because I'm you sure can, his role wasn't easy. You could and, almost say, I got one little fight in the academy, got scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make comments about my wife's hair. <laughs> but yeah. But you know, let, let's let's um 
um, talk a little more about the academy because this uh, another thing that happened. Uh, a lot of people aren't talking about it, which you know I'm not that surprised. So I don't know if you know about this incident, but so Regina Hall, who's an actress, she's been in the industry for a long time too, and um, she was one of the hosts of the Oscars this uh, this year too, and one of her bits. Uh, she made COVID jokes. So she had uh, Josh Brolin, uh, a couple other uh, stars that was nominated for awards on stage. And she was doing like this COVID bit where she was patting them down on stage and telling them that she got to take them to the back to, uh, you know, check for further, uh, you know, proof if they have COVID. It was sexually explicit. Joe's talking about, you know, I got to poke the back of your throat and, and stuff like that. And you could see a lot of these guys one are older. So, you know, the wife's in the audience, their wife is probably watching if they're not there. And you could see that they're uncomfortable, but you see her touching them, rubbing them down and, you know, filling up on them and making these racy jokes. And, you know, she didn't really get pushback for it. But like I said, it's a double standard because what if, you know, let's say, well, uh, let's say Chris Rock would have felt the, you know, Amy, I wouldn't put her in there, but let's say he felt that, you know, five other women that was on stage and say, oh, I want to touch the back of your throat. See, so you have COVID. You oh, know, let's he, go to my, go in the back, you know. Canceled. He'd be canceled in a second. You know, uh, it's, I, me personally, I just say, you know, um, if people want you canceled, they will get you. Like Will Smith is, is just, I was I, I thought after a week, you know, people the jokes would die down, people will uh you know leave the man alone. But now you got executives at major studios looking at him sideways. And at first I thought it was fake too. I'm sure a lot of people did, and I'm sure some people still think it was staged, but it you can tell when studios start getting involved, when people start pulling plugs on future projects. Uh, projects that you have coming out there holding on to it because they don't know if they want to put it out um you know th- th- it's real stuff and um it's it- it's unfortunate man like um that one mistake you know you you lose your cool and and the ironic thing about this whole thing about the whole will smith thing too is you know People have been making fun of him over years, over the years, memes, making jokes about him, Jada and August, and they're still doing it to this day. The same thing that made him upset and frustrated to begin with, um, people still doing it. And people don't see the irony that that is doing the exact same thing that led up to this incident. And I don't blame Will because you know what? It's only so much a human can take. And I think people forget that, you know, no matter how much money you make, how many accolades you win, how many movies you've starred in, you're still a human being. And, yep. you know, to see constantly people making fun of your kids, your marriage, uh, infidelities in your relationship, making memes about you. Uh, most of the jokes is about Will. Um, you know, now people are making jokes about, oh, you know, Tupac is the true love of her life. And, you know, Will Smith is a simp, which I'm not going to get into that part, but 
it's it, people are hypocritical. And like, like I said, you, it's only so much you could poke a bear, you know, look at all the people who's been bullied in high school, middle school, eventually at some point they lash out at the bully. And some people, they might take it out on the wrong person because they may, you know, they was already at that breaking point and they snapped, but you can't keep making jokes about people. And a lot of the jokes aren't funny to, to someone of Will, you know, Will Smith's uh, caliber, you know, this man has cried on, you know, on his wife platform over this incident and people making fun about it, making fun of him. So um, hopefully, you know, he just realizes he got to keep his uh, marriage out of it. And I, but knowing Jada, that's probably it's, not going to happen. <laughs> if he, if he's smart, he'll just, he'll leave her. If he's smart, I honestly think he should leave her. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the most entertaining podcast of all time. And thank you to all my fans, supporters, and listeners around the world. Whether you're from a small town in Utah, to Los Angeles, to Sweden, to Finland, to Russia. Thank you. Because with your support, we have become one of the most top-rated podcasts on Spotify in 2021. So thank you all for all your con- contribution and listening to this podcast. And I also got to mention one thing, just, just one thing. If you want to donate or contribute to this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash the Prince of Fresh Air, which is in the links, and it's my main platform. And you can go to listener support. And you could donate anywhere from fifty cents to ten grand. I, I'm not. I'm not judging. But thank you guys for an amazing year. Two years into this, and it's all because of you. So thank you, and let's get right back to the action, shall we? He should have done it years ago. When, when as soon as she said, "I'm having extramarital affairs," he should just been, "Bye, Felicia." Like he, he should have just been gone. Like, your kids will understand. I'm sure they will. They were old enough at that point that they'd understand. I mean, his kids are a whole other story in the, completely. But Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started. But, I mean, like, the fact that, I mean, just, I mean, Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air alone, the original series, I was having, I was trying to convince my fellow co-host of this year in chat a few months ago, it introduced white kids like me from the suburbs into the struggles that black culture faces because mm-hmm. I, I didn't even really know the name Malcolm X until I heard it on Fresh Prince because I wasn't at that point in school yet where they teach you about that type of stuff and even even when they do they they mention the name but they really don't go into them because it's schools their cur- curriculums are horrible but I mean and then he takes it he takes that show that was one of the funniest shows I think ever on TV and he brings it back but he makes it so different. He keeps all the names the same, but he he makes it so different and so dynamically like more appropriate for today's world. Like, have you seen Bel? Have you well? Before I get into it, have you seen Bel Air? Like the new show on Peacock? I, I I've heard good things about it. I haven't watched it yet though. Well, let me just put it to you this way: Carlton Banks does cocaine and has a problem with it. I did hear about that. I did hear about that. And like Hillary. They made Hillary not a dumbass, and they actually made her like tr- someone who's trying to be who actually can cook and is trying to be an influencer and is trying to make something of her life, which is completely opposite of the original series. And that's what a lot of the people have problems with the original series is because they made her look dumb and they made her they made like they made like com- they basically made 
black women look dumb because of her, which I mean, it's not true, obviously. I mean, I have some, there's so many black women I've met that I respect and have all the more power for like they, they do what they do. Like they're strong women usually. Yeah. I, you know, but you know what though? It, it was a, sometimes it's hard to, cause I watched the interview with uh, Jab- uh, Jabari, um, the guy who got casted as well. Um, I have a friend who's, who's good friends with him. So it's one of those things where with this show they didn't want to directly first of all you can't remake the fresh prince of bel-air no it's a classic it's a classic you can't yeah well uh um carlton and uncle phil and uh and vivian like you you just can't recreate jeffrey the butler you can't recreate the cultural impact and you know god rest uh uh, james avery yeah, what what a such a wonderful actor. He was amazing, oh, incredible. Just a, the, his acting was beyond like that, that. That for that era, he was just one of the greatest actors. Like I literally compare the greatest fathers in TV. It literally goes Archie Bunker, Philip Banks, Red Foreman. Like that literally is like the three greatest fathers in TV. I don't know the other two. I know Phil Philip Banks. So Ar- Ar- Archie Bunker on the family. I never watched that. Show. I think that was before my time a little it bit. It was before my time too, but I mean, I used to watch it reruns of it all the time because it's one of the funniest shows ever and it it made so many other shows come out like the Jeffersons and stuff. Like it it made like Jeffersons came from all in the family. Like so like he promo- he he it was a racist show like because it was the time like they would say things on there that you can't say on TV nowadays, but but he also promoted black actors to like have their own shows. Like it helped push Black, act, black actors into the mainstream so it may have been racist the show itself but behind the scenes they were helping equality go forward and Red Foreman's from that 70s show you can't tell me you haven't seen that 70s show that's I your time no, I never watched that show I never I, I, you know because for me growing up I, I only saw the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air I, I, I'm getting my podcast name confused with that <laughs> but I only watched the show because uh, my older brother used to watch it at night. So I, when I used to stay up, I used to watch it. Bro. Um, but I grew up mostly on the Disney Channel stuff, like Corina House, Hannah Montana, and all that. Yeah, I mean, I was I was a Nickelodeon kid, so yeah. I mean, there's there's three types of kids from our generation: Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, or Disney. You you watched one of those networks, you usually didn't go back and forth. Like that's I did go back and forth. I I did watch. Well, when I was young, before I became a teenager, I did watch a lot of Cartoon Network. Um, and then I bounced around Nickelodeon once in a while, but I mostly watched Disney Channel. So I was at more of a Disney Channel guy for sure. See, I can never, I can never get into Disney Channel. It was too like, like, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it, but it was too like, like mushy, gushy stuff for me at that age. Like even when I was a teenager, I was still watching, like, I was still rather turn on Jimmy Neutron or Fairly Odd Parents and laugh my ass off at the dirty jokes they throw into that. <laughs> but I, I mean... And that's, I mean, that 70s show was one of the greatest shows of the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, it, it launched so many careers. It's just, like, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, uh, the guy who played Venom in... Oh, um, um, Hardy. Tom Hardy? No, no, the guy who played Venom in Spider-Man 3, the top, Tobey Maguire one. Oh, um... Toe for Grace, Toe for Grace. Grace. Yes, yes. And, like, it launched those three careers so far, and, like, especially, like, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Like, it made them huge celebrities, and they just exploded out of that show into their own little like celebrity world. And 
they're actually bringing it back and they're doing a, that 90s show with, with the parents, Red and Kitty Foreman, coming back and it's supposed to be the grandkids of, it's supposed to be the kids of the original kids. You know, you know, I, although I didn't watch all the, all the classics, I did, I have watched some remakes like the, uh, that's a Raven remake and a couple other ones. And it's just not the same because now we live in a society where, don't get me wrong, some shows, yes, you know, a reunion, possibly maybe a remake, you know, for the new generation who really didn't grow up on watching these shows who might, you know, want to see what the show was about, kind of. Uh, did, but did, you watch the, did you watch the Fresh Prince reunion? I got to ask. Oh, oh yeah. The, and the fact, see, that right there just proves how good a man Will Smith is because he brought the original aunt viv back and into that reunion and said to her like i'm sorry i was a dumb kid at that point i didn't realize you were having issues outside of the set like i didn't just i couldn't see it back then and i'm sorry i just made them get rid of you so fast like and let's be let's be honest the original aunt vivian is 10 times better than the new than the second one they did <laughs> yeah Wait, all right, let me let me because there was two very are you talking about, there was the light skin one and then the dark skin one you talking about the, the dark skin one's the original one that started the show and was on for like three or four seasons. I, I they, liked her more. I liked her more than uh, the yeah the light one. the light skin one was good, but her and James Avery didn't have that like just that back and forth that the original did. That and, real like, chemistry. Yeah, it, it it made it seem like they were a real married couple in real life. Like that's what it seemed like. Like it, they just had that chemistry. Yeah, that, that chemistry. That's the best word for it. They had that chemistry where it's just like they when they fight, you feel like it's actually the way a couple fights. Man, you know, I, I watched that reunion and um, oh, um I, I teared up. Like it was literally one of those like Facebook postings. Like I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I, I teared up. Like and the fact that Will still admits he can't do the Carlton dance, I love that. Oh, I'm sure a lot of people, uh, you know, that Carlton was very underrated in that show, very underappreciated for sure. But you know that that scene that he always talks about, uh, everybody knows when. He did the scene with James Avery talking about his father. Why he don't want me, man? Like that, that right there. Oh. Like I just I actually was yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I was actually unemployed during COVID. And while I was like applying to 60, 70 jobs to try to get a job, I was re-watching Fresh Prince every morning while I was replying to jobs on my phone because I could do both at the same time because I've seen all the Fresh Prince before. And like when I got to the episode, oh, I still like a tear starts rolling at that point every time. Like just, and the fact that you found out later it was unscripted that like he was supposed to just rub, he was supposed to just like blow it off and be like, oh well, I'm the man, I could live without it, and but yet the fact that Will Smith's real life trauma came through and he just went off script and they kept it because it was such a moving moment. Man, you know, and and that's the beautiful thing about the reunion because he, I know he shed light on that, and like I said, you know, rest in peace to to uh, Uncle Phil. Um, but he talked about that scene like. And as an actor myself, I could appreciate it because James Avery, uh, you know, he was talking about how being on that show, he wasn't really an actor. He was more of a musician. He never really. He was uh, a stage actor. He was a Broadway stage actor. and He did a lot of Shakespeare and stuff like that. So, like, he didn't do, like, sitcoms. Like, it wasn't that, that was not his jam at all. Like, he was a Shakespearean trained actor. And, like, I actually wish I could see him in some of, his, in some of the plays he did and stuff because. I'm sure he blew it away. I could easily see him like mastering that craft. Oh yeah, and like 
for him to be open and honest about how he had trouble acting on set a lot of times he would come in and really didn't uh, memorize all his lines and James Avery took him to that point that scene he was having trouble with that scene uh conveying emotion that they wanted him to and James Avery pushed him to the point where you know they kept the cameras rolling and he got him to that point where he could deliver that scene and it made him feel that emotion like James Avery was such a good actor and to be able to mentor a young kid like that to deliver one of his honestly I don't care how many movies Will Smith do I think that one scene in that movie is always a show it's always going to be talked about because I just watched it um a couple months ago I saw it on Facebook someone was uh, reposting it and like I still get goosebumps watching it yeah you you tear up you're just like like I I mean I can't I can't like identify with it because I had a good father who was always there which I'm I'm grat I'm grateful for because I know not everybody had that I realized later in life, but I could still tear up over that scene because I can imagine what it would be like to not have my father around because he passed away in 2017, and so even when I watch it like since then it's even more powerful because it's like I wish I could hug my dad like he hugged Uncle Phil like that's just one of the great things like that scene can bring out emotion in anybody like you could show someone who never watched Fresh Prince before in their life. And they would tear up at that scene and be like, oh, my God, like, that's good TV. Oh, man, that, you know, that show is always going to be special. Like I said, it it was at an era where it wasn't like, as we talking about sitcoms and stuff, I, I do. One of the things I always talk about, because I, I, I did an episode with my buddy about this, like shows involving black uh, families back then was so much better than now. And don't get me wrong. I understand why they do the formula that they do in Hollywood with black families. Now, like we watch power and all this stuff is usually drugs, crime and, and prison involved in death. And it's like, you know, I know people like these shows and I'm not knocking it. Cause I, my family, a lot of my family members love these shows. But like back then, to have a father figure like Uncle Phil, I didn't grow up with my dad because he ended up passing away when I was young and I went to foster care. But, you know, to see a black father figure actually present and, you know, trying to get him on the right path in life, you know, that that was such powerful stuff. And that's why I love the sitcoms back then, because it was all about, you know, uplifting the black family opposed to now. You know, they shoot yeah. each other over some drug money. It's it's just, it's it's crazy how how times change. But back then, man, the nineties, oof, good stuff, yeah. man, good stuff. I'm, I mean, even further back. I mean, you go back to the Cosby Show, and it just like, it was just a show about a black family that was there for each other constantly. I mean, yes, Bill Cosby did things we that no one knew about behind the scenes, and we don't have to get into that if you don't want oh, to. Oh, but... oh. wait, hold on, hold on. Let let me first of all let let's be real here. He. I say this all the time about, I'm not going to, you know what? I'm going to do it. I say this all the time from Bill Cosby to Art Kelly, to Harvey Weinstein, to any other sexual predator in Hollywood. People know this stuff happens, but you know, because when you get to a certain point in Hollywood, when you become famous and you, you're not demanding people are demanding you, you know, I won't, I won't, I won't talk about that, but. Yeah. yeah, well, I'll, I mean, I, I I meant the general public didn't know what was going on, really. Oh, 
Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure I'm sure people that worked on this show and people that knew Bill Cosby in Hollywood, like they knew what was going on. There's no doubt. Oh, like yeah. he had he had people that paid off people. There's no doubt. But I mean, he and, the, and I mean, I've read the list on Wikipedia of like all the different like stuff that's out against him. And it's just like insane the amount of different times he's done stuff like he makes he makes like freaking Epstein Island seem like nothing almost compared <laughs> to him. I mean. It's just insane, and it's when that when, when that broke, I was so like horrified because I'm like, he was. I used to love watching the Cosby Show and Fat Albert and all that. Like, I loved all that stuff, and like he was like to me the perfect father like figure, and like he was just the man and the perfect father figure. But, but I mean, when that broke, I was just like, oh my god, are you serious? Like, what the fuck? <gasps> like he's he was he was such a good guy. It seemed like on TV, but it's tv they can portray however they want to portray oh almost definitely and like you know it's like you know it's it's unfortunate that some of the most prominent people who create some of the best stuff end up doing the worst type of damage you know and like it, it, like i said it's sad that will smith is getting treated like bill cosby and his crime wasn't even severely it's like it's like me getting 50 years in prison for, you know, having a joint in my back pocket when, you know, somebody who, you know, murdered, you know, five, you know, underage kids, I got the same amount of time as me. Like it, that, that's what it, that's what it seemed like to me. Like the punishment do not fit the crime at all. Which but, of course has sadly happened in history to several African-American people. They just, they get caught with the stupidest little thing and they got the book thrown at them just because it was a racist judge or a racist lawyer or something like that's all it took back then or even even up till the 90s 2000s that's all it took like like it changes slowly coming but it's change change is always slow it'll be 100 years before we can ever actually get too close to equality oh like and, and the reason why i have mentioned the washington post and a lot of these uh big websites and uh media companies um, calling Will Smith a thug and stuff like it really goes to show to you when you're not in the, the good graces of people, how they actually view you, because you would never call somebody you, you know, admire or, uh, you know, you enjoy what they do. You would never call somebody that. And like I said, you know, the, the truth always comes to the light. The fact that they call him Will Smith, he is a black man and they call him a thug. You know, you know, over one little slap, you know, it really goes to show to you that uh, we have a long way to go. You could say he, uh, you know, he didn't need to get violent. He needed to slap Chris Rock. That's fine. But calling him a thug and he acting like he's back in the projects, that's a little racist. But, you know, I mean, even the fact that they're blowing out a portion, he slapped him. He didn't go up on stage and start just like. Talk, he didn't tackle him to the ground in like a wrestling show and start like beating the crap out of him. Like he just slapped him. Like, yeah, you say something inappropriate, you get slapped. That's just the life lesson that everybody learns at some point. But I mean, the only reason it's such a big deal is because he's a celebrity. If it was some random person at a local award show, nothing would have come of it. Nothing. It would have been like in the local paper for a day and then forgotten about. Oh, oh, and the, like I said, nobody knew about the Oscars. The ratings has been tanked. Nobody watches anymore. And yeah, Will Smith, uh, the incident overshadowed the award show. But, you know, people, 
oh, you know, Will Smith, oh, you know, he overtook other people's uh, uh, honor and, you know, award ceremonies for, for the movies that they did. But let's be real here. 85% of the people didn't know Oscars was happening before that slap went no. viral. So, I mean, what do you I mean? think I think I heard it was coming on that Sunday. I mean, I would never watch it because who gives a crap? Like, you could look at the results the next day. Like, like I'm not going to watch three hours out of my night just to watch that award show when I could look up the uh, winners the next day. And plus, the simple fact that Samuel Jackson won a Lifetime Achievement Award and it wasn't even fucking televised. Like, he won a Lifetime Achievement Award, and with everything else that's happening, people almost forgot about it, but yet some people were started posting about it because that's one man that deserves to get recognized for what he's done in life. He's made so much money with his movies for different other people. He's been in over 100 movies, and he is just such an amazing freaking actor. I mean, Nick fucking Fury. He's such an amazing actor. Like, he just... And the fact that they don't televise that is insulting. Like... I'm not even African-American, but I'm insulted by it because it's just horrible. He deserves that much. Like, it should have been a him on the stage and getting applauded by everybody for that on TV. You know what's crazy? And I just realized this uh, uh, after the whole incident. I never knew Will Smith never won an Oscar. I never knew that. that like, this, that's his first Oscar. Me, I never knew that either, but I could, I mean... I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of surprising because there are certain movies that he's done that I would think he could have won for. I mean, I Am Legend, The Upside. I mean, uh, just to name a few. I can't really think. I mean, Men in Black, even. He could have won a freaking award for that movie. I mean, he really could have. Yeah. But, uh, it's, you know. But that was a big year. That was a big year for movies. So I can see why he did. But. Hey, I, I, I just say I, my whole point with the whole Will Smith thing for me is basically like it's already hard, first of all, being a black entertainer in general, let alone being at the peak that him, Denzel Washington, Samuel Jackson are at like that, that, you know, them three right there. I mean, th those are role models to me. And maybe I'm a little biased, but I see it as, you know, these are three guys who had unblemished records for so long and they always constantly come out with great movies. This in Washington, one of the greatest of all time. I mean, he's just training day. Come on, you know, the smooth, charismatic yeah, I mean, guy he is. And I'm charismatic, but Denzel, like, them three are some of the most hardworking, talented people um, I've, I've ever seen. And I always mention Black actors because, like I said, you don't really see that kind of uh, success, especially with uh, Black entertainers without some type of controversy. And unfortunately, Will Smith is in some right now. But for, for many years, these guys were always in blockbuster movies back to back to back to back, constantly working, making tons of money, taking care of their family. You know, uh, you know, you know, it's, uh, like I said, it's just, I, I just hate how cancer culture has made it to the point where, no. You know, one little incident and all that time and, and 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 effort you put into your career to entertain people, you know, goes up in smoke like that. Like this dude, I'm I'm he'll be all right. I I, I give it I give it like a, a a month or two, and people will, you know cool down. The, the, the next major headline will come out that about a celebrity, and people will start forgetting that Will Smith slowly. Hey, that's the way. 
you know, let me let me mention this too because someone made a, a a point. It's like um, so the guy who played the Flash in the Justice League, uh, Ezra Miller. Yeah, Ezra Miller. Yeah. Yeah, he 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 was uh, I think in March alone, he was arrested eleven times for I think from disorderly conduct to I think yeah. assault in some cases. It's like you know. Uh, I mean, he's got issues. I mean, you can look in his eyes and see he has issues. I'm not surprised. This is. I'm not surprised. I, I've heard. I've actually heard rumors the last few days online of uh, Grant Gustin from the Flash TV show replacing him in the movies. Honestly, which I think would be a great thing because I think he's a better actor. I'm surprised he didn't get cast. Well, no, I'm not surprised because they wanted probably... to keep it separate. They want to keep it separate. But you know what, though, they shouldn't. Well, yeah, well, I mean, what's the point? And uh, that, the that's. Arrow... A... The Arrowverse ratings have been going down since Arrow ended. Like they need to boost it back up, otherwise, because CW's for sale right now, and like the Arrowverse needs to like they need to do something with it to keep it going. Otherwise, it's all going to end. Or I mean, if HBO Max takes all the shows over, that'd be great. I'd be all for that because then they can make them grittier and darker, which is what DC should be. Oh, I gotta say, HBO Max has been tearing the game up. I, oh, you know, Peacemaker, man, Peacemaker. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I, I haven't watched the show yet, but I gotta oh, say, oh my god, see John Cena in uh, Suicide Squad. No, he he really did a good job. Like, oh, he does really even better that. job. He does an yeah. even better job in Peacemaker. Like, oh, like just just the comedy of it and like the seriousness of it at the same time is just so good. Like, it literally was the one show that in twenty twenty one that I looked forward to watching every freaking week. Like it was on every week it was on the day. I got the minute I got home, the day it came out, I put that shit on. Cause it was just so good. Really? All the I'm... actors on it. Have you, have you ever watched the boys on uh, Amazon? Yes. Prime? I actually just a couple weeks ago, I finally caught up, finished catching up on that. I've been trying to watch it for years and it just like, it never worked. Cause there was always kids around or something and I couldn't do it at that moment. But I finally got to the point where I watched all two of the seasons and I watched the anime series they put out too. And I love the boys. Like it is, I cannot wait for the third season with Jensen Ackles as soldier, as soldier boy. Oh man. I love Jensen. Uh, Supernatural always is always going to be in there to my heart, but talk about gritty that show. Oh, I mean, just the first episode when he freak, when the freaking, uh, a train freaking runs through his girlfriend just the first episode i'm like like that's how you start the series i'm like this show is gonna be good and then you see freaking peacemaker throw a bad guy like up in the air and let him land wherever the hell he lands and it's just like oh my god this is this show is gonna be good i mean it's kripke anything kripke does i love because he did supernatural too so i mean anything he does i'm all for and actually they just announced today they're doing a lucifer spinoff from supernatural Really? With, with the actor who played Lucifer. I forget his name always, but... Oh, but, uh, Mark uh, Petrigali. Pe- Mark Pellegrino. Mark Pellegrino. Pellegrino, yeah. I, I, I saw it in the freaking art, in the YouTube video I was watching about it, and I just couldn't think of his first name. But but yeah, like, I love that. I love him as an actor. Like, he was in another show. Uh, what the hell is it called? He was in a show about a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghost. And like, oh, what the hell is it called? It was on years ago. I forget what it's called. But oh, Being Human. He was on Being Human. And he was like the head vampire for like the first couple seasons. And he's just such a good actor. Like anytime I see him pop up in anything, I'm just like, oh, this is going to be good. Oh, man. I, I love 
um, Supernatural. I've been watching that show since uh, high school, I think 2011. And I've I've watched the show so many times. It, it makes no See, sense. My, I got into it like right around 2011 too, actually. Like right around 2011, my, my best friend at the time and eventual roommate got me into it. And like he, he, he said like you would love this show. So like I started watching it. It took me years, but I got through it all and I caught up to like the current episode on TV and I actually would watch it weekly then. But I, I never watched the whole series again because it's just it's too much stuff and there's too many shows out there. Like it's too many episodes and I just I'm not I'm not I'm not dedicating another half a year to that show. I can't. I love it, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> like there's just too I always say too many shows, too little time. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. But you know, I, I do love like a lot of the um the subscription uh, platforms like uh HBO Max, Amazon Prime, like they've taken a lot of these shows and making them more grittier because um at, at some points, um, especially like Netflix, I love Netflix, they they give a lot of new actors opportunities, but some of these platforms are becoming a little more politically agendaed and mm. and yeah, you know, I I see it. I you know, I, I wanna get too you know involved in that but i love that they they're making shows more edgy you know making superhero shows more more cool little different you know it's not so pg you know you get like uh the boys oh like the sex oh, scenes I, that they're doing in there the, the I, oh just, just the fact that in the first episode of the boys like they literally approached the topic of sexual assault at work when the deep like try like makes her go down on him like because she said she just says she's a fan of him and he just takes full advantage of it and makes her do something and like threatens her if she doesn't like just the fact they did that and then they did the whole storyline where she went public with it and like he got in trouble for it actually like the fact that they did the bad thing and then they got the redemption all in one show it just shows what the world needs to do like it, it encourages people to come out when they're in situations like that and like speak about it and that's just a great thing for any tv show to do yeah it's you know as an actor i'm just excited for the possibilities of just different things it's it's got to the point where now you know there's so many ways to to make impactful shows and i, I want to be involved in more like the action genre like uh like the superhero realm and like just seeing that how how, how much they get to have fun and play around with the characters and like the boys is, you know, you taking uh, the warm up version of Superman, but making him like a, a villain. You get to have fun with that, being the almighty powerful guy and being able to be a villain, uh, you know, as well. Like, it, it's just so cool. Like, it's uh, a lot of TV shows now are doing a really good job with casting and, uh, you know, being progressive in some natures. You know, you see more diversity and representation which is always a, a plus but they're making it also too where it's entertaining it's fun you don't feel like you know god yeah agenda's getting forced down your throat even though you know it's happening but um yeah supernatural i love uh i just started uh uh watching uh peacemaker i watched one episode last night so i oh. got a long ways to go but i'm gonna watch it while i'm home so hopefully how many seasons, how many episodes was out with that? Do you know? I want to say eight or nine, maybe 10 max. I mean, because most, most, most streaming shows nowadays are only doing like eight episodes a season, like six to eight episodes a season. Like, which I understand why they're doing that. Cause they're basically giving you like two, like either a movie or like two movies in a season kind of, but I mean, 
that's what it breaks down to at least. But I, I also kind of don't like that because it's like, come on, at least Supernatural gave us 22, 24 episodes a season. Yeah. Oh, man. Super. <laughs> like, I, I mean, always love that show, man. Good. That is. Oh, t- yeah. There's a, the, the one, the one Jess, the one, the one co host on Bracket Bastard. She, like, Jensen Ackles is her hall pass with her husband. Like, she loves Jensen Ackles. Like, she thinks he's the sexiest man alive, which she's not alone. I know tons of girls who feel the same way. But, I mean, but it's just funny because anytime I see a meme or, like, a like a cut scene from Supernatural on Facebook, I'll just immediately, like, send a messenger, send a group. And, like, she just always dies over it. Like, it's just, there's so many good moments in that show. I could literally spend hours just reminiscing on the good memories of that show. Right. But yeah. It just was one of the best, one of the best well done shows like in the last 20 years. You know, I gotta say, and um, um, I was telling my girlfriend about this like, uh, Justin Ackle was definitely the best actor on that show. Don't get me wrong, Sam was great. Castiel, I loved uh, Castiel, uh, he did an amazing job in that show. Lucifer, I mean, I mean Jim Beaver, uh, uh Bobby. Oh, Jim I, Beaver I, is cl- classic. Oh <laughs> man, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I felt bad that they killed them all so early, but it, it was it wasn't that. I mean, they did, but it wasn't that as early as they could have. Like they had, they they almost killed them off a couple times before that, and like they decided to not to at the last moment. But he was the produ- he was one of the producers on the show, so like, like it's just funny because like, like when they did the whole episode where like they go to like be them the real selves, like they get to go be their real selves, and like, and like they're watch and they're like they're watching, they're like they're like. What kind of idiot? What kind of asshole puts himself in his own show? Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's, it's hilarious. Like I, that show was done was so great. Like I wish I got into it like in two thousand five when it started and just actually watched it all the way through when it like as it was on. Like the fact I had to catch up like six or seven seasons. So I was like, oh, I wish I had it like slow through the years like everybody else did that started from the beginning. Yeah, I think I think the first time I watched it. Uh, I think I was in middle school around 2008, 2009. Um, that was a show. Um, when I used to, uh, when I had no school and I was home, my mom, and my brother used to just have that on on TV all day until Law and Order came on. So that's how I started getting involved. And then after when I went to college, that's when I rewatched it from season one because I never watched it. In order, I would just catch it on when I was yeah. at home with the, the with the with the family, but then I watched it uh, throughout, and uh, you know I'm so glad uh, season 15 the the end of episode was kind of hilarious. The wig job that they did on Sam and ma- trying to make him look older it was kind of terrible. I'm like, <laughs> it was a little cheesy. It's like you know yeah, it could have put a little more effort in it, but the ending was yeah. I mean, them both in heaven and uh with baby and you know just driving on down the highway and then having everybody show up at the end oh man it was such a great show they did what so many tv shows failed to do and they gave a good end so many tv shows screw the ending up and they make it worse game of thrones sopranos i mean so many good tv shows like the which i haven't watched i never actually watched either of those i mean i've i know about them only because of they're popular but i mean but the endings and just those and a couple other shows were just like really like that's how you're going to end like one of the greatest shows in the last like five in like the, at that time in the last five years like that's been like the most popular show and you end it horribly like sopranos the ending is a screen going black so you don't see what happens 
it's like, oh, come on. Like, people have been watching your show for this many years, and you're just going to let them down like that? It's a joke. It's a I, joke. I don't know why, but a lot of shows go out like that. They just, uh, I think, I, you know, I think they probably get to a point where they just like, you know what, no matter what the ending is, people are going to complain. So might as well just roll the credits, fade to black and get the hell out of here, you know. But the cool thing about Supernatural is that they can get away with a lot of uh, stuff, which is why the a lot of episodes are so great. Like, the, um, I think it was season seven where they did actual spoof of the show. Like, you got to see the set, even though oh, yeah, it, that, it seemed like it was an alternate universe. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about, where, like, they they see, like, the credits roll up on the screen on the set, and they're like, like, what kind of asshole uses his own real name in the show when he's a producer? <laughs> oh, man. And, and then Kripke getting shot at, uh, <laughs> towards the end of the, of the show. I mean, it was such a good show. And, like, the ending, I mean, of course, no, everybody's not going to like it. But the cool thing about Supernatural is that that show, you don't need to build any type of backstory to get them involved or, or to return. Because I know they do want to return at some point in the future to, you know, uh, maybe do a season 16, you know, when they're a little older. But that show right there, I mean, they could just pick on where they left off with Jack coming back and just bringing them back to life. And they can, you know, go back to, you know, Kicking ass, yeah, it, it, it could be the world needs you again. The world needs you again, so I'm bringing you back because you guys need to save the world once more. And I could see, I could see like Dean's face being like, "Oh, come on!" as he's like stuffing pie in his mouth or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, in heaven he is a pantry full of pies. Oh, oh, you already know. And you know, Bobby calling him idiots and drinking his beer, his alcohol, having a good old time. <laughs> oh, I, I love it in the one freaking episode where it's just and like I see this on Facebook all the time. The one meme where it's like Bobby's like, and and like Dean's like, Bobby, you built a safe room, and he's like, Bobby's like, what? I had a free weekend, and Dean's just like, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's one show I wish, um, because that show mostly happened when i was still in my early stages of, of my career but you know that's one show i wish i could have been a part of because that's oh, one God, show yeah. i will admit they they did an amazing job with casting they took whether they were you know kind of famous ready or you know under the table talent that nobody knew about but they did such a good job casting like everybody had their moments of shine and glory yeah. like even you know, Jim Beaver, even after they, they took him out the show, everybody loved him. And like the fan base is, uh, uh, I mean, one of the best, most, uh, I would say present fan bases I've ever seen of a show. Like they show up everywhere. Like, you know, it's, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, super, it's between Supernatural, I say, and like Star Trek. Like those are the two most biggest fan bases for a single, like a TV show. Oh, yeah. Like, most definitely. I, I, mean, I never watched Star Trek, but. I start. I I started watching the original series a while back. I almost got to the end of it, but I got distracted by some other new show that came on. So of course I switched over and never got back to it. But I mean, but I like too many shows, too many time, man. I mean, now that I'm out of work for two weeks, I've been trying to watch like classic Doctor Who on BritBox because I started I started watching classic Doctor Who from like the 60s and 70s, like back in 2011 on Netflix DVDs when they used to actually send the DVDs to your house. Oh, geez. and like reading the books for some of the episodes because the the film was destroyed like in the UK back in like the 80s or 70s something like that like their warehouse with all the film stored in it got like fire and just burned down so they couldn't recover a lot of episodes but 
luckily people recorded them at home and they were able to recover them from that way. But I mean, it's just, and that's like 30 years of television right there. I'm trying to catch a boss, Dr. Who that's 30 years of fucking television. And that's not even counting the new series. That's already been on for 10 years. Over, um, I, you know, I never, I've heard about Dr. Who. I never uh, got a chance to watch it, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's just, yeah. it's great because the doctor could change, like the actor playing the doctor changed so many times, but they did a good way of making it happen. They explained it good and made it like a very realistic thing where they can be like, yeah, like, oh, they need to change because of this. So, but I mean, it's just, and there's so many different alien species and so many different, like different storylines. It's just amazing. And it's funny like to watch the old 60s, 70s stuff. Now it's just funny. Cause it's just like, you can tell like what they did when they shot it. Like, like, oh, he's running away from a monster, but it's the same hallway. He's running back and forth. You could tell he's running back and forth in the same hallway, and there's like have two cameras on each side. <laughs> but it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like just the facial expressions and the acting back then in, in British TV was hilarious. And like it's such it, it literally is one of the best TV shows ever made. Like, and the fact that it's the longest running TV show ever. Like it's been on continuously basically for 50, 60 years now, I think. Oh gee, I, it's, it's, yeah, it, I know it, that show's been on for a long time. I never watched it, but I know that show's been whew, talk about run, long running. You know. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records for it. I did hear about that. I did hear about that. I'm surprised I haven't watched it before. I'm I mean, surprised. I've heard a lot of people who were who grew up with the original, like they say they don't like the new one because it's too different. Like they changed too many things about it. And that they changed the theme song. That's the biggest thing I've heard is that they changed the theme song. And I know you never watched it, but once if you ever hear the original theme song, like you'll be like, why would they change this? Like it's so simple, but so amazingly classic. They do that a lot with shows, though. It's um because a lot of times if the director changes or executives decide they want to freshen up the show, because I've I've noticed that with some of like the the classics that I watched, like a decade ago when I was, you know, a little kid, like I watch some of these shows now and it's like, I don't know why they changed the formula. It was so good. But, you know, when you get different creative people in the room and uh, or the executives of the actual uh, studio decide they want to change things up, add a little freshness to it, you know, they want to do it, but they want to be different. They want to get their name on it and like have people say like, oh, they did this. Some people are going to like it and say it's better. Some people are going to like it and say it's worse. But or some people are not going to like it and say it's worse. But, I mean, they just wanted to put their own spin on it to differ themselves from the original. The only yeah. show I could say that didn't do that ever was Full House and Fuller House. Like, they kept that tone the exact same throughout. And mm-hmm. I, I love that they did that because I used to watch that show growing up all the time, and I loved it. It was a funny show back then. I mean, John Stamos is the freaking man. So is Bob Saget, R.I.P., that was sad as hell. I mean, even Dave Coulier, who has had issues in recent years in like celebrityum, but I mean, that show was just classic. It was a good, heartwarming family TV show. And they brought it back on Netflix and they did an amazing job bringing it back and making it good for the next generation. Oh, man. I, such, you know, and such plus, I, those yeah, girls yeah. got hot. Those girls got hot. Oh, uh, it's. As time went on, some people, you know, unfortunately took the, the worst. You know, it's it's one of the unfortunate things about uh, uh, childhood and, and, and teen actors is either they grow up and become 
uh, you know, uh, working actresses who, you know, they, they just get better with time. And then unfortunately, you got the all sins go bad. <laughs> that, that talk about a rough 30, what did he 33 or something? Talk they about look like they, they look like they're 80. Yeah, that's rough, man. That, that that's rough, you know. Yeah, Oof. I mean, but like it was just it's just funny because like you I went from watching Jody Sweeten as a kid on Full House, and then one day I'm flipping around channels in bed late night in high school, and I see her on pants off dance off posting it. And I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> Gotta earn a paycheck. <laughs> I know, but talk about one of the most outrageous shows ever. Like, and that's it, it's not even talked about now anymore, but Pants off, dance off, which is literally people get paid to strip down to their underwear on TV while dancing. Hey, I mean, I was all for it when the girls were on, but I don't know why the hell they did throw guys on there too. I'm like, what are you doing? This is the ugliest man in the, in the world. You have him stripping on TV. <laughs> you know, equality, man. You got you got to balance it out. You know. Yeah, I know, but no girl wants to see that either. <laughs> no, no girl wants to see half these guys either. <laughs> Give me stars. I know I'm not trying to see that. <laughs> no, I mean God. It's like it's like watching freaking George Costanza modeling in his underwear on freaking Seinfeld. It's like it's it's funny, but I'm like, do I really need to see this? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh good man. Such good shows, such good classics. And you know, it's it's always good to see, you know, a lot of these actors from back then. You know, being able to have successful careers, you know, it's uh, unfortunately, like I said, some of them, they get wrapped up in the, in the Hollywood style and turn to drugs and alcohol, whatever the case may be. And a lot of them don't like Amanda Bynes, uh, Lindsay yep. Lohan, so many uh, Orlando Brown from Disney Channel. Like, oh, so I, I know. I know who Orlando Brown is. I mean, shit, he was in a lot of movies I watched. Uh, Major Payne. What's you've seen a major pain i have that's see this is one of the things they make fun of me for on bracket bastards is i am infamous for not seeing a lot of movies that were big when i was a kid to a teenager just because i was so into cartoons that in those years that i didn't really like go to watch like movies that were big that were like meant for adults but kids at that time still watch them like i mean yeah i saw all the jim carrey m Sandler movies like obviously robin williams but like a lot of the other movies, like Major Pain, like they give they give, they gave me shit because I just watched Princess Bride like two weeks ago for the first time, and like everybody in my podcast loves that movie. They think it's a classic, and I'm like, I never seen it. And they're like, What? <laughs> like, how could you not see that? And I'm like, <laughs> But at the same time, they're hating on me. They they hate on Star Wars at the same time. And I'm like, Oh, go, go, <laughs> go, sit on a fucking broom and rotate. You don't like Star Wars. Who the hell doesn't like Star Wars? <laughs> I I plead the fifth. <laughs> oh, don't tell me you haven't I, seen Star Wars either. Oh no, I, I've seen I've seen a lot of it because uh, I one of my college my college buddy, a uh, good friend of mine, he him and him and his sister they love Star Wars. So I've been to the movies a couple times. I watched it on TV with them. Uh, I I don't hate the Star Wars. I mean, I'm not going to turn it on if I'm by myself. But you know, I can see why it's a cult. Uh, has a cult following and oh. Just you know. it's just a, I mean, it's just it kind of got the same vibe as Supernatural does, like that that basic overall element of good versus evil. That's what it is, just good versus evil, and how it changes throughout the years. 
that's the that's the written that's the that's the formula. I don't care nobody say you know whether you know you watch from WWE to sports to TV shows. The good versus bad is always gonna win. I mean that, that that's just the the winning formula right there. You always have to have a good and a bad. You know, there's a reason that there's a reason the Bible is the best selling book ever because it's the original form. It's the original thing that had that formula. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I'm agnostic, so like I don't believe in any religion strictly I, I i know about them all i studied them all and stuff and i'm open to hearing about them all but i ain't never gonna say i believe anything till i see something but i mean but i mean yeah it's like the bible is the greatest book ever written because it's just an epic book of good versus evil and like it's basically i mean supernatural is basically just the bible <laughs> i mean it's all it is like technically yeah that's true technically. like they like they may spin a few things a little further than they did in the bible or add some words and they did in the bible just because you can because who knows if the bible is i mean i compare the i compare the bible to harry potter because it's a good book but who the, it's not i don't believe it's real in 100 percent. i mean i'm not gonna get into it here because that's a whole nother conversation but <laughs> <laughs> oh that that is true right there um but you know, we we we've been having such a good conversation, and I wanted to ask you, what what is the future like? You know, for you, what, what is your ultimate goal? Like, you know, with your podcast, and you know, of course, you ha have the family life and everything. Like, where do you see yourself going with your podcast and stuff like that? Do you have any a vision that well, you want to? Here's the thing: so we started Bracket Bastards back in. We recorded the first. We recorded the first non-recorded episode back in. Uh, I think it was. November. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was November because I moved to my first house back back in November and it was right after I moved to my first house. We recorded the first episode that we didn't really record. But um and since then I have I am now starting my own paranormal podcast called Paranormal the New Normal, which is gonna be an interview type format where just I talk to everyday people about their experiences with the paranormal and I ask them the questions that a lot of people want to ask them, but they don't like to, a lot of people who experience this stuff don't like to talk about it because they don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I want to make them feel comfortable enough to talk about it and open up. And if it gets emotional, great. If it gets funny, great, even better. But if it gets, if it leads to them being able to live their lives and understand their lives a little better after something tragic happened because of that, I'm all for that. And I'm at the, at the same time, I don't want to say the names, but I'm also auditioning for two other uh podcast slash video shows that i want i'm trying to get on so i'm basically trying to get my name out there 100 percent. and they they tell like the guys in my podcast tell me get your voice out there you have a voice people need to hear you have opinions people need to hear and like i just want to get out there and do my, and let people hear me and that's i think it could be a future i mean profitable maybe who knows but i'm not counting my eggs for the hatch you know Oh man, that's that's well said, and you know you you've been one of the best guests I have because you, you know you speak and you engage and entertain, and I think that that's especially when it comes to podcasts, that's very important because I say all the time like some podcasts, you know, people they just talk like this the whole time, and it's like huh, like no, you know, imagine being in a car ride for an hour. And nobody wants to hear that. You want to be have an entertaining conversation, you know, and, uh, you know, people can it, feel engaged and have fun. You know, I imagine it when you're in the car and you're, you're bored and you put on a podcast, do you want something entertaining and engaging? 
or do you want something that's like, yeah, man, you know, uh, I had, you know, macaroni and cheese for dinner. Ha ha. You know, nobody. No, I mean, we, we literally have had like other, my co-hosts on Bracket Bachelors have had people who they know listen to their, our show. And they literally said like, I had to pull over my car. I was laughing so hard. I had to pull over on the side of the road because I couldn't stop laughing. And I felt like I was like in an accident if I kept driving. <laughs> and <That's>... like, <laughs> like we're uncensored. We're not minivan friendly, but we will entertain you to the fullest because we have, per like, we never met each other before this podcast. We still haven't met each other in person. Most of us, the, the majority of them live in Iowa. They know each other personally. They've seen each other in person, but one of us, I live in, I live in Massachusetts. The other one lives in Florida. We've never met each other in person. So, I mean, it's just, but we click, like even my brother said, you guys sound like you know each other for years, the first episode, but it just happened to be just perfect match of personalities and it works. And that's the bottom line because Jeremy Bryant says so. I had to steal that from Stone Cold. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm all for that. And I heard I heard he stunned Vince at WrestleMania, and I wish I could see that again. <laughs> he he actually had his final his officially final match on Saturday. So uh, you know, he came, opened up a can of whoop ass, drunk beard throughout the whole match. And uh, you know, it was good to see him now. I'm not gonna lie. I, I didn't grow up during his time, but um, well, I didn't watch him when I was growing up. Oh, I up, did, but you know, I, I, when I first started watching wrestling, he was out on injury after he got hit by the car that Rakishi ended up driving, but, uh, which when, you know, that's not true at all, but whatever. <laughs> and like, <laughs> so like I, when he came back, I got to see his like final year, like real years in wrestling. And like, just, just the fact that the undertaker finally got in the hall of fame is something I've been waiting for for years. Cause that was my wrestler for the whole attitude era and for the whole, I didn't like him as the American badass. I wasn't the biggest fan of him in their that phase because I thought that was kind of stupid. But when he came back again as like the the phenom, like like the dead man, like oh, like every every wrestling video game I ever played, that was my theme song. Was his theme song? Man, or well, okay, I got okay. That's not true. Or Mister Ass, because <laughs> that's just I actually got my I actually got my WWE uh, the music volume four CD taken away when I was a kid. Because I would sing that song out loud all the time. <laughs> the the attitude era was uh, such a wild time. Like I, I was just watching. There's like a couple of YouTube channels dedicated to the attitude era, and they post a bunch of clips. And like, it's crazy, man. Like, I mean, of course, the WWE is never going to be the same like it was back then because this PG is more corporate. So they I heard AEW is getting close. I heard AEW is getting close. You know, I, it's AEW's. I mean, it's like, for me, I, I compare it, it's like, uh, see, I'm a UFC guy. So it's like comparing, uh, you know, Pride or Bell. If you know MMA, but it's like comparing. I do to some Pride, degree, yeah. It's like comparing Pride or Bellator to UFC. It's, you know, AEW, I wish them well. Not, I, I, The only thing for them I wish they would stop doing is try to compare themselves. Because WWE don't really mention them. They, they rarely bring them up. They don't talk about them. It's just like, you know, you do your thing, you know. But yet, the, yet they're getting all the stars of the Attitude Era that are still wrestling. They're getting them on AEW. I mean, the Hardy Boys, like, I, I think Christian went there, didn't he? Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, they Chris Jericho, they got a bunch of, of the old WWE. But, you know, do you want to be – it becomes then, do you want to become the, the company that only gets the old heads from WWE who, you know – I mean, I'm not here to knock them. I I, I think they they have the the niche and 
they have their fan base and I wish them all the well. But I feel like a lot of times, because I'll tune in once in a while, see what they're up to. But every time I tune in, they, they're talking about the WWE. They're trying to compare themselves to the WWE. And it's like they've been, the WWE has been such a global phenomenon for so many years. It's going to take them at least 20, 30 years to even be in the conversation with them, to even be considered. So, And, and that's if the McMahons don't buy them out by then. Exactly. Oh, if if Tony Khan and them decide they don't want to pull a plug, because eventually, you know, Chris Jericho and them is going to retire. And, and are they going to just keep picking up guys that got fired from the WWE? It's just, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's not like there's a lack of those. Yeah, true. But, you know, <laughs> do you want to become that 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 place that only gets the, the has-beens or the, the, the people that couldn't cut it? I'm not saying all of them. Uh, that's not 100% true, but. Again, you know, you, you bringing in a bunch of 55-year-olds that should be enjoying retirement, you know, to come wrestle. It's just, you know, yeah, I love I mean, staying, but I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I would hate to see the undertaking AEW. I, I would hate to see that. I, I, I don't think he will because his loyalty is so uh, WWE, to Vince yeah, like, and Vince. Yeah, he, but. He's one of the few people who actually doesn't have anything bad to say about Vince most of the time. Oh, no. I, everybody respects the undertaking. If you don't, Something's wrong with you. Everybody I mean, loves the Undertaker. Mark Calloway is one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Like I have no problem saying that. Like he is up there in legend. Like he's he's better than Hulk Hogan in my mind. He's better than Andre the Giant. Like he just he put it all in for thirty years, except for the few times he was injured and nothing you could do about that. That happens. But he just put it all out there and he he gave a show that people wanted to watch. I mean, he just gave a show people wanted to watch. I mean, he gave a platform for all the kids who were goth and emo that wanted like someone they could like relate to in wrestling he gave them like a platform oh yeah mark Calloway, he his dedication to the character and just being able you know just giving back to the whenever wwe needed him to show up for, for kids or whatever i mean don't get me wrong a lot of stars do it i'm not but he's always stuck true to his character and I mean, eventually in this day and age, it's hard to stay in that character for so long, especially at his age when he's near retirement. Now he's retired. But, you know, that character, that man is always going to be legendary. I, I mean, it's like Stone Cold. Certain characters you will never be able to duplicate no matter how much you try, no matter how much you try to rinse and repeat the formula. You can't get that magic back. You can't get that 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 personality, that energy that no, these people I mean. Are. There'll never be another there'll never be another DX. There'll never never be another Ministry of Darkness. Like just the greatest years of wrestling are 20 years behind us. And they'll never come back. Oh I no. can never come back. I mean, the ninety-nine the ninety-eight to two thousand two till the WCW evasion. Like even that was a great moment in wrestling history, that whole event storyline, WCW invasion, ECW invasion, whatever you want to call it. But that was a great storyline too, but like you'll never get that again. Even if AW and TNA get bought out by WWE, it'll never be the same thing. <laughs> not, not a shot. And you know what? I, I look for you know. I, I eventually, WWE had to. Uh, it's hard. I know people like to compare, and I, I do it too. But you know what? It was a different time. They was able to get away with different things, and now it's become more of a family friendly show where you can sit down with your five year old, you know, child and. You know, just have fun on a Monday or Friday night, you know, with the kids and, yeah. you know, I mean, just have a good time. 
Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah, we we all saw things as kids back then that we shouldn't have seen because of wrestling. Like, <laughs> like I know, I know, I got, I know, I got detention a couple times for doing the suck it motion in class. Oh, we all did. <laughs> oh, I mean, hell yeah. I mean, I mean, freak. I mm-hmm, the things I would say to girls in my class just because Triple H said to Stephanie or something, <laughs> or like just because The Rock said to China. I remember one time when I was in gym class, I put, uh, I was a big Chris Benoit fan before the tragedy, but um, I remember I put a kid in a cripple across face in gym class. Oh. I'll never forget that, you know, cause we was wrestling. We was just having fun. Yeah. I put him in a cripple across face. He put me in a, in a, um, in the ankle lock. And uh, eventually, I think at one point he tried to do the, the uh, tombstone power driver, but no, oh, I was yeah. not going for that. Nope. No. Cause I mean, <laughs> I love that move, but if you're going to do that with your friends, it's a little gay. Yeah, and you can end up like Kurt Ankle with a broken freaking neck. That too. Or, I mean, oh, don't even get me started on Kurt Angle. All I think about when I hear Kurt Angle is the Rock's freaking promo. I'm going to go drink some milk and masturbate. <laughs> like, that's all I think of when I hear about Kurt Angle is that promo by the rock like before the armageddon 2000 like hell in a cell like, when he <laughs> when he made fun of all five of them like that was just hilarious like i i mean i i hated the rock back then but now i appreciate what he did like i look back and i'm like oh he was so funny oh <laughs> uh, him and stone cold at, at the height I mean, nobody could touch it. like they had the crowd and the palm in their hands anytime the moment the music hit even before the music hit people yeah uh, i mean, I mean those t- those two Undertaker and Triple H to me that's the like those are the four horsemen of wrestling in the greatest era. Those oh, are the yeah. four. They were involved in every major storyline and they did a great job doing it. They killed it. They you know, Attitude Era one of the most beloved eras of all time. And unfortunately, I mean that's never going to come back because time has changed and it's become publicly traded and and the not- and the and the world's turned into fucking pussies and they couldn't uh, take it. Cancel Colster would hit wrestling faster than ever if that came back. Man, Stone Cold would not survive in today's era, unfortunately. You know, none of them would. I mean, freaking the only one who might survive because he was ahead of his time is Gold Dust. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Undertaker I mean, but, too, but oh, I mean, but yeah, he would survive because he never got really dirty with things usually. But I mean, he has few moments, but he never got really dirty with things, and he never did anything that would Cancel Culture would hate on. But I mean. Yeah. You can't you can't do triple you can't do DX again. You never could. You can't do half the stuff the Rock said. You can't do half the stuff that Triple H said to Stephanie or that Triple H said to China. Like on or even the whole Edge and Lita in the middle of the ring thing, like in bed. Like you couldn't do that again. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Beloved time, but you know, unfortunately, it'll never come back. But you know what? Things aren't always meant. Things are always meant to change. If, you know, it's just with the times and not for the know, better, maybe, but. <laughs> Nah, I mean, I would prefer the Attitude Era over. Not that I hate specifically this era, but there was a certain energy that you you yeah. can't get. No, I mean, had during the my, Attitude Era. My co-hosts love the current. I mean, well, they don't love it. They complain about it a lot because they don't do because WWE is not booking who they should. They sh- they're not hiring good talent anymore like they used to. But I mean, but it's just never gonna come back. I mean, you can't do the whole Val Venus storylines. You can't do like all the funny stuff you just can't like Val Venus supposed to be getting his dick chopped off on live TV was a lit like <laughs> ne- never will see that again and it was just one of the funniest moments ever 
freaking Stone Cold driving to the arena in a beer truck and shooting beer at people and oh. sticking up the middle fan. <laughs> it's just yeah, just I mean, it raised us all to be bastards, basically. But <laughs> I'm sure our kids, our, our parents are like, thank God this is over. <laughs> Oh, yeah. My parents used to always threaten me. If you keep acting like you do because of wrestling, you're not going to watch it anymore. Yeah, my mom used to do that. She like, oh, you want to t- uh, tell your teacher to suck it? All right. Uh, you can suck it in your room. You're grounded. So, you know, <laughs> good old times. Good old yeah. times. <laughs> uh, classic childhood nostalgia. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, it's been I'm, I'm glad to have you on, man. It's been such a good conversation. I know you You got, you know, the wife and kids and, and stuff to do. And I, I got to start packing for, for, the, for the road trip in the morning. But, uh, you know, where, where people can find your podcast and uh, or where, where they can find you, because I'm sure people want to, uh, if they love TV shows and stuff, they want to definitely check that out and, and see what yeah. you do. Uh, you could find Bracket Bastards on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor. I mean, basically, if you just Google it now, it should come up, I believe. I should. I mean, we're getting, we're 20 episodes, we were 19 episodes released. 20th just got recorded this past weekend. It'll be releasing next weekend. We are crossing over with Masturbators podcast, actually, for a two-parter um, Disney songs bracket. Oh, man. Which, if anybody who's heard Bracket Masters knows I like to sing. So, I wasn't on this last episode this weekend because I was recovering from surgery. But I'll be on next week, and I will be singing some Disney songs very dirty. But (laughs) (laughs) And the new podcast I'm starting is Paranormal, The New Normal. And anybody who hears this and has paranormal stories, they want to relate. You can find me, myself, Jeremy Bryant on Facebook. Just look it up. There's not too many of us. But um, I'm I'm Juggalo Bastard on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me there as well. Feel free to dm me pm me if you want to get on my show be my guest i am looking for more guests i have a few lined up but always looking for more to book down the road and tell your story i want to tell your story if you had anything paranormal happen to you and that's the bottom line because jeremy bryant says so and if you're not down with that i got two words for you suck it (laughs) amazing Man, Jeremy, I'm I'm glad one of the best conversations and one of the uh, fun conversations I had in a long time on this podcast. And, you know, I I wish you well in your podcast journey because I I always love seeing other people do, uh, you know, something that they enjoy and then inspiring others to to do what they do as well. And uh, I definitely I'm going to have to jump on yours at some point, you know. Oh, man. Oh, trust me, we have we have a wrestling bracket coming up and we're looking for people who for it who know wrestling past and current. So I'm definitely gonna throw you out. I'm definitely gonna throw your name in there and say, like, hey, he knows his stuff. Like if you need someone else, let's hit him up and get him on. The it's most not, of, I think we're not doing it till like SummerSlam time, but so Oh, oh that, that's 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 fine. Yeah. Anytime after I'm back from vacation, I'm I'm fair game. So But yeah. I'll I'll mention it to my co host and say, like, hey, he knows wrestling and he's a funny ass guy and he'll fit him good with us i think so funny ass guy and the most charismatic man in entertainment i'm like the rock but you know i was gonna say you're like the new rock <laughs> yeah exactly i'm replacing him it's out with the old and in with the new exactly yeah and sp- uh speaking of the rock anybody who wants to check out bracket bastards just which might check out my intro in two weeks because i got something planned that's gonna be hilarious <laughs> oh i can't wait I- i'm gonna definitely tune in send me the send me the link too so i, I could definitely check that out yeah um, i mean th- 
add me on Twitter and shit. Like add me on whatever you have. Oh, most definitely. Oh, yeah. most definitely. Um, but like, cause you know, I know you got the family and every and everything to take care of. And I gotta start packing and whatever. But you know, thank you, Jeremy, for coming on. And I'm glad your surgery went well. You know, everybody, uh, your family's doing great, and your podcast, your, your new podcast is, is is kicking off with a great start. And I look forward to to many more collaborations with you, man. Yep, yep. Feel free to have me back on anytime, brother. Oh, absolutely. I'll definitely have you back on. And uh, like I always say, a helping hand is a better hand. Thank you, J- Jeremy. Not a problem, man. As we always say on Bracket Bastards, it's okay to be a bastard. Don't be a dick. <laughs> With that, that's the best way to end it. You know, Jeremy, the main man, came in, smashed it. And, you know, now it's time to enjoy and celebrate like Stone Cold used to do in the Attitude Era. You know. <laughs> <laughs>